0: I'm Leonard Nimoy. Join me for In Search of An An argument. Argument.
1: Hi, we are really excited to talk to you today. This is Shelley Cummings. I am lucky enough to have um, I also my hosts, Peggy, Jim, <laughs> Gentilly, <laughs> John Heinz hi. and we have a very special guest with us today Janine from Downers Grove who is going to talk to us about a variety of things um and we're really excited that uh, you are all here listening to us today Hi Shelly thanks for that great intro Yeah
0: Shelly thanks
2: <laughs>
1: You are most
3: welcome Hi Shelly
2: <laughs> hi Peggy hi John
3: Not everybody, not all of our 12 listeners know where Downers Grove is. It's a suburb of Chicago. Even I know where Downers
2: Grove is, and I live the farthest away, so there you go. I
4: wanted to, this is the first time I've ever spoken on a podcast. Hot
0: damn. Or even
4: listened to one.
0: Awesome. You're not listening to one, technically. Super
4: excited to pop your cherry. You know, you could
2: listen to this one when it's published (laughs) if you wanted to, Janine. Oh, I cannot and wait to hear my voice. Then you would voice. be one up on Peggy, because Peggy never listens to this
3: podcast. So <laughs> It's true, J9. <laughs> I don't listen to the podcast.
4: I've tried to find it, but I couldn't. So you didn't try <laughs> very hard. I showed there you. That was like three years ago. <laughs> oh, the University of Chicago is on TV.
1: Okay, let's focus. Uh, So, (laughs) Janine. You should probably
3: turn off your TV during this.
1: (laughs) We we don't want to take too much of your time because we know you have an important engagement after this. So, we wanted to hear a little bit about your current life experience because we understand that you have been working on a study related to COVID. And... We have been doing several podcasts focusing on um, our current experiences with the pandemic and how people are coping and the distractions that they have during this period. And given that some of us are heavily focused in research and science and medicine, I thought it would be, we all thought it would be interesting to hear a little bit from your perspective of what you are doing in this research project. And then we can talk a little bit
4: more about, see where we go from there. So basically, the Department of Surgery, which is odd, chose to do this research study, which is collecting plasma from patients who previously had COVID and actually taking that plasma and putting it into critically care patients that were in the ICU. And this study was written Approved and implemented in about two and a half weeks.
0: I know what an ICU is. What's an IACU?
4: I didn't, well, I meant ICU, AICU, like, oh, uh, I see, uh, I yeah. see, I see. That's impressive.
2: Just for the clarity, though, this is at the University of Chicago we're talking about?
1: Correct. Okay.
2: So that is impressive. It was,
3: the world of
4: research does not move that fast. No,
3: they've
4: been pushing them through quick. So, she, Dr. Madriaga, actually was on the news. Dr. Donington, who's the chief of thoracic surgery, was on the news. What's their so it's full a- names? Luthia Madriaga and Jessica Donington. And so, Luthia's is brand, brand new. And so, it's pretty impressive. But what she did and how she got so many people engaged, interested, and then to do it, it was pretty impressive. So, but it was also very stressful. Basically, the last eight weeks, it's been eight, 10 hour days, weekends. And uh, so she found patients. She had 10 patients in a weekend that she could have done this to, but she did find 10. Uh, so far, all of them are still alive. Um, one of them, I believe, was checked out, which is weird, and then came back in and she chose to give them more plasma. Um, you had to get EI and Ds to do this. So every single time, she wanted to do this to a patient she had to call the FDA or email the FDA they turned around it turned around in like 30 minutes an uh, EIND and that means when you are putting a experimental drug or blood into somebody you have to get permission and it's called an emergency IND so the true emergency IND is really not what she's doing. Um, A true emergency IND is when you are under the gun and you do it. And basically, you sometimes go back and say to the FDA, this was a true emergency. This was the only choice I had during the time that I was in doing the surgery. So, we got the 10. And then now... We are doing uh, an expanded access protocol with Mayo, and that's going back to the Department of Medicine. And then Dr. Madriaga and I wrote a protocol for just plasma only. So we're actually working on that as we speak. And that is just obtaining plasma, storing it in the blood bank. And we're going to be kind of like the Red Cross, that if people want plasma...
1: So, is that the primary objective is to get the plasma to help develop the
4: antibodies for the vaccine? So, it is, they're getting the plasma. Now, with this antibodies and these um, titers, those words I'm not really that familiar with. And then I think the level... As opposed
0: to losers?
4: (laughs) 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 So... What's the purpose of this study? I guess the goal? Well, the purpose, well, the goal is to obtain plasma for storage and obtain blood for future research to try to find a vaccine. Okay. I could look on my computer right now and give you the exact explanation of it, but. No, that um, I think that was good. That was in
1: good language everybody could understand.
0: Well, I'm really curious about something. Janine, you know, I know one I mean what fascinates me is just the unprecedented nature of the stuff that's happening right now? So like, what's unprecedented? One is the speed at which it's happening. And you guys all seemed, all you medical professionals (laughs) seemed to notice that the speed of research is one thing. Is there anything else that's kind of like unprecedentedly inspiring as to what's happening?
4: I think the amount of people that are calling in and telling us that they want to donate their blood to help others, I think it's pretty impressive. I think we have about 80 to 100 people that are in line to donate blood. So what we're doing tomorrow actually I'm going in with my team of coordinators and they are going to go to the blood bank to kind of go through the process of when a patient comes in we want to acknowledge that they're there, you know, thank them for being on the research study, kind of showing them where to go and what to do. And then actually I think yet yeah, tomorrow there's also this plasma my convalescent plasma team that is on upper kind of in the chairman present. I mean, it's it's upper level BSD as a whole. And I think we're all trying to come together because I think we're going to eventually be jockeying for patients.
0: Biological Sciences Division, that's the umbrella organization over, over the Department of Medicine and the Department of Surgery. Is that right? Correct.
4: So when you
3: say you've got 85 to 100 people in line to give blood, these are people who had COVID who are waiting? Yes. Yes. Wow. And they've recovered. Yes. And. So now they want to come into the blood bank at U of C and be a part of this research study?
4: Absolutely. I know. And I That's- think that I'm finding out and I'm learning that when Shelley mentioned the antibodies, I think that it depends on when you come in. And this is just my absolutely no medical knowledge whatsoever, but what I'm hearing and what I hear on the news this morning is that it seems to depend on when you're done recuperating or getting better that the level of your antibodies may seem to lessen as time goes on. And this was uh, some medical professional or doctor, actually, who's been talking about COVID was talking about like he tested positive like all these times. And then he was talking, he's like, well, maybe my antibodies weren't high enough for them to detect it. I don't know. So like all this stuff and it's, you know, it's it's pretty cool. What have you learned through this whole process? That I can say words like tighter, <laughs> and but not know what they mean, and have to say opposite a loser. <laughs> 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 that I lo- I have learned over the years. You know, I, my background is not in medicine. I was, you know, a communications major, but I've learned over the years to figure out which words I need to use so people can understand that I know what I'm talking about. Ah, so you're a good Mm -hmm. faker. (laughs) Well, if I can sit here and have conversations with surgeons who do lung transplants, which is Dr. Madriaga, she's like, Janine, I have a lung transplant uh, at noon, so we have to do this before. I'm like, okay. So, (laughs) and there's just a lot of team, you know, team efforts. And when people want to do it, everyone can come together and make things happen. So, my office and as just a team itself, we just had our weekly group meeting. And, you know, everyone is just excited to be part of this. And then some of my coordinators were part of the Redemzivir study with Gilead, you know, that drug's now approved for treatment. My team was, well, Dr. Mulane was the one that ran it and she's infectious disease doctor. And my team helped like enter data before a data lock to get that data in to see, you know. To then turn into the FDA saying yes with the data you provided, you know we're going to approve this. So they so were you, part of that.
1: You essentially and your team it sounds like in University of Chicago has kind of been on the cutting edge of this in terms of getting vaccines, antibodies, as well as the treatment. I was just thinking yeah. the same thing, Shelly. I actually watched it was either CBS Sunday
3: this morning or a blurb on 60 Minutes last week where they were talking about this woman who had COVID and she got somebody's plasma that had the antibodies and she recovered. And she wants to do the same thing because she feels it saved her life. And they talked about how this is like some ancient practice from long ago that people stopped doing. I wish I could remember where I heard this all. But I, you are, you sound like, it's so fascinating because Shelly and uh, Janine and I, for our listeners, are old friends. Yeah. And we talk a on a regular too. basis. <laughs> yeah, I a talk friend. on a
0: regular basis, although a it's little less.
3: It's true. It's true. And I, I knew Janine had this job, but I didn't actually know what she was doing. So this is uh, fascinating. I love it.
0: Yeah. So basically,
4: I was hired to build a research study to support the Department of Surgery with their research. Before we came into COVID, there I they basically were like Janine, do what you want, hire as many people as you want, you can have what you want. And now it's we need more grants so we can pay for the people you have, and you're not going to have a new office. But with that said, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so basically they they the Department of Medicine had a our you know wherever where where we all met. Hey,
3: so Janine, guess what? At my work, you know, at my work where we're doing um, uh, clinical research for kids with uh, cancer, there's a protocol that we're trying to get through the IRB and we have been for months. And so when we just inquired to say, hey, what's the holdup? They uh, said, sorry, we're busy with everything COVID.
4: Yes. And I'm not even really an
3: academic institution. I guess I kind of am, but.
1: Yeah, you are. I, I think you are. Right, Because you're you're part of MSU, right? Yeah, Yeah, we are.
3: Yeah, you're right. We are. But we're
1: no U of C. You totally are. Oh, boy. I think they're different Um, degrees. But
4: yes, the IRB, I mean, I I have to say that university has been, I've been very impressed about how they've gone about just getting things done and being extremely what is the word? Transparent. And I mean, the first week, the big thing I had to do is, cl- not me personally, but to get all the labs closed. Can you imagine how many labs and with the animals and all that stuff? Anyway, so...
1: What I about the it. process, uh, Janine, did you find frustrating
4: or that you didn't like? I think the only thing I did not like was that we were all away from each other. Um, oh, because you had to do everything it, remotely? Yeah. But okay. um, on the other hand, so I think it was just the stress of, you know, we forget while we're working that we're also going through the COVID issue. You know what I mean? So it's like sometimes you forget, and I tell my team and I said, if you guys are having a hard time or struggling, you got to let me know because we we were pushed so hard to get stuff done that you kind of had to get that out of your head that, there was a pandemic going on and i think that i struggled for a couple of weeks
0: but but i noticed yeah, that just coming over to see you when i was dropping off the headphones for this i was like i could just feel the vibe in the air of your like neighborhood and and you're and you're walking your dog as like as you're just not as pandemic out as i am i'm like hold up and like I'm, i get really i get really nervous going to the grocery store for 20 minutes and you're like out all the time
3: do you think that's cuz you have an infant at your house?
0: And I think it's cuz I have the option of not going out. I don't my work does not necessitate me going out. I mean that's why I'm it's it's like obvious that people you guys who are actually out there working in actual medical places where they're doing things related to this pandemic are in a totally different league from anybody else.
4: Yeah. I mean I'm not, you know, I think I really don't go anywhere except I do go to work one day every other week even though this week I'm going in twice but I just see my parents so the people I've seen are my mom and my dad and then I Jill and Lisa came over but we did the 6 feet apart thing but and then you know I go to Target and the grocery store maybe once a week but I think that's it I don't know I know Shelly's. Well, you're barely.
0: socializing more than I am.
4: <laughs> yeah. I am yeah, social- I was gonna yes, say you're out way more than yeah. I'm out. I don't I feel it, but I don't feel it because I've done things with Kia. I'm outside with her all the time. We're always walking, or I'm always walking. Okay, my doctor just texted me. A hundredth donor is donating right now. Yeah, so that's crazy. we have a hundred plasma donations.
0: That's crazy. That's amazing. So,
4: so when
1: you're not doing the walking about and the um, the online dating, what are you doing for to um, relieve your mind from the anxieties around COVID? It's called Xanax. Oh. <laughs> 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 and two hundred fifty dollars worth of alcohol. <laughs>
4: Right. I'm I am dr- I, I'm drinking too much. Don't there we go. Makes me cry.
3: Yeah.
0: Peggy has a great story. That's a classic is. story about my mom.
3: One at a time what? makes me cry. <laughs>
0: My all-time favorite Peg's mom story. It is the best Peg's mean? mom story ever.
4: <laughs> what? My what did, did she do? Peg's mom
0: mailed her some Xanax with a note in it. This is totally illegal and some violation of something I'm sure, All but kinds it was. Of drug it's Alaska. a hilarious story.
3: It was wrapped in Saran wrap. Like she put five Xanax in Saran wrap and put it in an envelope. And she said, one at a time, don't take with vodka makes me cry.
1: <laughs> 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 it's good motherly advice. It is
0: good What's motherly Was this when you were in advice. Uzbekistan, Peg? Is it, or was oh, this no, Philadelphia? I was, here. Yeah.
1: I was, it was in oh,
3: I GR. Were- I mean, GR? no, it was, I was in uh, <laughs> Chicago. So it was funny. about heartbreak and whatnot.
1: Yeah. <laughs> So, Janine, well, the thing that we have always loved about you over the years and continue and we'll always hope it continues is your openness uh, with your body. And I have so many people that just, you know, I'll, I'll much, uh, mention friends and different parties and things. And uh, my uh, friends will say, now, is Janine the one that talks about her vagina? You know, to try to keep people straight. <laughs> Peggy has red hair. Janine talks about her vagina. <laughs> um and I'll say, yeah, it is. And they're like, oh, she is a riot. And I don't think very many people have the luxury of being exposed to someone who <laughs> talks up. A- Openly about their Perhaps vagina. Perhaps that
2: was a poor choice of words there, uh, <laughs> Shell. But
1: uh. or maybe it was not. Maybe it was original wait, wait, Choice of words or exposed. I like both. Uh, no, talk so openly about their vagina. Oh, openly.
2: <laughs> There's so many avenues. Exposed. No, no, I meant exposed.
1: I uh I wondered and I, I, how. How do, how do you do it? Like, what makes you, like, how did you come about to be just so free and open? And, right. and, and again, there's no judgment. It's just this, yeah. No. no, that's a great question. Distinguishing, wonderful characteristic that you have that makes you very memorable.
3: And all these years that we've been listening to you talk about your vagina, we've never asked. Like, when did it start? How did it get that way? How, were you raised that
1: way? I know your mom was Does it a talk midwife. Talk back to you when you talk
4: to it. I mean, I I pretty much look at my vagina every day. I just I don't know why. But what are you looking for? Nothing. I just look at it. I don't know. With a with a mirror? No. Like he- I mean, I'll just look and I'll be like, oh, I need to shave, or oh. I, You know, it has nothing to do with STDs. It has nothing to do with sex. It has nothing to do with that. And it's funny because I knew this was going to be brought up and I was thinking about it. And (laughs) interestingly enough, my mother never had the talk with me when we were younger with regards to sex or any of that, like ever. So, but I think we can separate the vagina conversation with joy was extremely open about our bodies. In the sense, because she was a midwife and she talked about that stuff. But on the other hand, if we t- think about it for on the sex point of it, you know, I never had any direction when it came to that or understood that. But I have no idea when it all started. It is a joke now because everyone's like, oh, it took you five minutes to say a vagina. And a lot of the times I do it to get a rise out of people. And or just to be goofy. Again,
2: again, possibly not the best choice. um, Jim is just like the
0: double entendre, like meter.
4: (laughs) (laughs) But um, I don't know, you guys. I mean. It's do you remember who how I am old you were when it started? When no, you started no. introducing that word regularly into your conversations? No, I probably could ask Lisa and Jill; they would know. Can I, because can I ask
2: a question? Can I ask just sure. a factual question? How long, Janine, have you known Peggy and Shelley?
4: Well, and have, have you ever was, seen their vagina?
3: Wasn't
2: trying to stump anyone. We can do an approximation. Is there?
4: I did look at years? Shelley's vagina by mistake. One day it we an accident. Was she was just down question. there. Oh
0: my, <laughs> <laughs> my mistake. <laughs> I was not, was not asking one. that question.
2: I just want <laughs> to be clear.
0: Um, I just meant, oh my God.
4: <laughs> how long have
2: you guys known each other? Like approximately 25
4: I years? I don't know, maybe 16 years?
2: 16 years. And <sighs> Shelly and Peg, has this been going on as long as you have known her?
4: Yes. Oh, yeah. So, at
2: least. But I think
3: we, the more we've gotten to know her, the more, so like, you know, not the first time we ever met her. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Probably that dinner at that place where Janine thought we were. Adobe Grill. Adobe Grill. Adobe Grill. Yeah. You probably talked about
4: it
2: there. So, you remember the name of the place where you had the dinner? I remember
4: sitting at the table. Uh I remember sitting at the table. Yeah, that was interesting.
2: John would uh, yeah. chime in here, but John has already stated he doesn't like to look back. He only likes to look forward. <laughs> yeah, Why well, wasn't at that dinner. You might
3: have been. I thought you were. Oh, like, I was?
2: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, John, John was so looking forward that he was not,
0: he didn't remember. I it, mean, so. I got to be honest. I do. I mean, there were a lot yeah, of different I don't the remember only, that.
4: Well, right. John, the only reason why I remember that and why it, it, because I don't remember much. I mean, when Lisa asked me stuff, she's like, I don't know why I'm asking you that question because I know you don't remember or you weren't listening um which is
2: true <laughs> uh, also true of John was, by the way but,
4: that's awesome but yep. i think it's it's the dynamic or the experience i had that night with that group was one of the first experiences i had with this honesty and openness and yeah. directness that i've ever experienced And I think the interesting part is I think me and Shelly and Peggy have molded or or changed slightly to them seeing my point of view and me seeing theirs. But it all has to do with Point of view about what? Meaning, you know, they kind of, you know, they're like, Janine, you know, this is how we talk, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that's fucked up, blah, blah, blah. And over the years, we've kind of changed a little bit. But the part that changed was me and my how I felt about myself and my insecurities and so on. So the funny thing is, is they're probably still the exact same way or do the exact same things, but I don't see it as I did 15 years ago because I think it's just who I am now and I don't give a shit. And so I think I gave a shit. I don't think so. I think
3: in that environment, we could be a little bit more harsh or direct because that's what everybody was doing, but... I don't know. I don't want to speak for Shelley, but maybe I can just say that about myself.
1: I think also, you know, the friends that you had um, and you still have, Janine, um, your relationship with those people was different. You grew up with them. Oh you my were in High school, yeah. and then you met us yes. as an adults, and we're yes. kind of more fully shaped. And it was yes. a friendship clique that we already had, and um, mm-hmm. all of that I think plays into the dynamics that you have with your different different folks. So what's it like um,
0: having that as your brand?
4: Yeah, I was just going to ask that. <laughs> Who's what, vagina? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that this this all goes along with, you know, when I, something just popped in my head and we were talking about it, about my openness and that kind of feeling when I'm with my friends' husbands and how they act towards me because they think they can, so I've kind of like readjusted certain ways and what I say and do depending on the group I'm in.
0: What does that mean? How do they do? What do they do?
4: It's just the way they think that they can joke around with me and it does it's not offensive or inappropriate when yeah, I get it's that. like all husbands of which I've all known for 20 some years, you know, have this thing that they think that because I am who I am and I say certain things that they can Push the line. So they of,
1: push the line more with you because yes. of the way that you talk versus
4: pushing the line with another female friend of yes. their wife. Oh, absolutely. So huh. I was kind of like the token, Janine. And finally, one year, I was just like, guys, sh- shut. Can I say the F word? Sure. Oh, well. I, I we actually can't say last names, up. but we can say fuck Okay
2: um. It would be awkward if your last name Was fuck but fuck. Since it's not, it,
4: it should it. be I should legally change it to vagina uh,
1: I just like <laughs> the <laughs> word vagina
4: <laughs> uh,
3: You should uh, I'll pay the fee that it costs It occurred to uh. me today
2: This is totally off the topic But that Joe Biden should legally change His last name to not Trump and just be on the ballot in November as not
3: Trump.
2: So, no. oh, <laughs> oh gosh.
3: your mom was talked openly because she's in the medical profession, and but didn't talk to you about sex. So, my parents, until we were a certain age, walked around in their bedroom with their door open naked and not worrying about us seeing them. And at a certain age that stopped, but yet they never talked about bodies. And I didn't get the sex talk either, but we skinny dipped as a family. We had a pool. We used to go at night, you know, and it was dark. So you couldn't really see a whole lot. So it was like this sort of openness, sort of not openness. And I wonder, was was your mom like that a bit? You know, when you're talking about looking at your vagina, she's like, you should
4: look at it. You should check it out monthly. My mother never said that. No.
3: My mother told me not to sleep with underwear on at night because it needs
4: to air out at (laughs) night. I agree because I do not sleep with underwear on at night. And and that was about uh, the extent of it. That's something my mom would say. But, um, But I think that there's levels of vagina talk. So there's the vagina just because it's funny. And then there's the vagina because I really like my vagina, but when I'm talking about it, I have to get in there to look at my vagina, (laughs) but I don't get in there. (laughs) So So can you explain
1: to me, what do you really, what do you, how do you, how do you, i um, okay. I can't even get my words around it. What, like when you say, "I really like my vagina." <laughs> what, what? does that? I don't know, you guys. It's like a drinking now. Versus, I just, yeah, I have a
4: vagina. Whatever. I don't like but it. Yeah. No, I really like I my really vagina. I really like it. I've got a good vagina. I don't know. Uh. I'm just joking now.
3: <laughs> That's good. <laughs> you I'm should it. like it. I mean, I don't really have any feelings about mine one way or the yeah. other. But I am. It's neutral. just there. <laughs>
4: Well, it I does mean, even thing. Jill and Lisa, you know, Jill's like, Jill had something going on and she didn't know. And I'm like, what? I'm like, didn't you not, d- didn't you look? She's like, I'm not like you, Janine, that I look at it all the time. <laughs> and I don't think she ever has in her life. I'm like, Jill, you've had four kids. You didn't look anywhere.
1: And <laughs> you've always looked at your. You've always looked at yours. This wasn't oh, yeah. like a thing that you decided you're bored one day.
4: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But again, you guys, I wish I remember why I started saying it in the first place. And then I think now I just do it because I know it's something that everyone expects. But I think it just, but I don't think about it though. Now that I think about it. Yeah. I, it just kind of comes out. I don't know. It's just part of who you are, your personality. It is. Right. Yeah. And I embrace it. So you've been up person who
3: is very in tune with your body as we just are discussing but more than just your vagina other parts of your body too and you're you you know go to the doctor for various things have you felt any kind of constraint during the covid lockdown or do you feel like you've been pretty healthy and you haven't needed to go to the doctor or has that been a worry can you talk about that a little
4: bit oh, the- <laughs> you everyone knows i go to the doctor a lot Nothing um, wrong with no. that. I have absolutely no worry about going to the doctor or like being uh, paranoid or, I mean, everyone knows I go to the doctor per, for pretty much everything. I mean, Jill had a broken foot and like had a fever and she never went. And I have like a little sniffle and I'm like, I need to go to the doctor. That's no, great. I haven't, I haven't been worried about it, even though, yeah, I need, yeah, no, I've not worried about it. Have you had to go? Have, have you, you gone? Ha- yeah. If you needed I have to? not gone to the doctor. No, but I love my doctor. I actually ran into her when I was walking around the neighborhood because she lives around here. And she Maybe this is, tell her is a test case. Yeah, she's, it's hysterical because I sent her an email once and was saying, I'm like, I think I have a UTI. I just had sex last night. And I think that uh, and she's like, Janine, I'm cracking up thinking that that was my nurse writing a note when, in fact, it was you <laughs> saying exactly what happened, <laughs> so um you know, I am one hundred percent you know, but again i've she's been my doctor for ten some years, but no, I'm not afraid to say it because it's not something to be afraid to say i I just don't think that I don't know who came people some people
3: just were open about their. Medical problems and other things, other problems, right.
4: things would might get right. solved more quickly. And I knew I had one. She was right.
0: Yeah, you're in such great shape. I mean, it's it's a prior. You prioritize your body. It's good. Oh,
4: absolutely. How do we get into my body? Through the vagina. How do we start talking about? My, oh, because of my vagina. Through the vagina. <laughs> through the vagina. It's always through the vagina. The vagina.
2: <laughs> This is why John and I should remain as quiet as possible
4: (laughs) in this conversation. Oh my God, it's through the vagina. Yeah, and I think I say it differently than most people. Vagina. An extra emphasis. I do. I do. Mm -hmm. Yes, I'm very particular about, I I mean, I know every inch of any part of my body, every inch. And if something's off or wrong, I know there's some, I know. I don't know why. I just know. That's good, actually. So, so if I had a lump, I'd find it because I touch my boobs. <laughs> 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 good. Well, I
1: know yeah, It's notes. really good. It's yeah,
2: really good. Let's,
4: let's touch your boobs. But no, when it comes just the body, and like all joking aside, I am very particular and I just do pay attention. And I think that that's just who I am. And, you know, yeah. No, thanks for sharing. Yeah, we appreciate it. No, it's good. <laughs> no.
0: It's I actually think it's valuable for like for people generally and the older we get, I think it's even better because it's it's a- acknowledging kind of that we're we are we are bodies. We are our bodies.
4: Yeah. I mean, I found a lump. I mean, I all this stuff. I mean, so there's things that yeah. I'm just very in tuned and aware. And um, it's just, that's just kind of who I am. Do you feel like you'd be comfortable if you went to a nude beach to go nude? No. No. Okay. What? That's funny. (laughs) Right. No. So then that's the odd thing. People think because I talk that way or do, right, because I'm talking this way or doing that. I, no, I probably wouldn't. But if I was like at somewhere that you can go like topless or something, I'm laying out, I would probably do that. But I don't know if I'm comfortable enough. I don't know. I've never had the opportunity to even say yes or no. So I'm learning to not say no or I won't do that until I get to that point. So I want to be open to all all things. So if I get, get that, presented with kind it, of. I think it's
3: easier to talk about things than do things sometimes. Than to do right? it out in public. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, Janine, this has been very enlightening and educational multiple levels. Yes.
3: I was going to say the same thing, and thank you for joining us. We know you've got some plans this evening.
2: But before she goes, Peggy,
4: no, I have time. So if you guys want to talk no, about other things, she has to give us
2: her recommendation. I have like twenty
4: more, twenty-five more minutes.
2: Well, there's you. You have no idea how complicated it gets, but Jim, you have to give us, I the was going to
3: say that. Why don't you do it, Jim? You introduce the. Oh,
2: I thought, you were about to, I thought you were about to like close the show. That's why.
3: Well, I was going to start that and then say, and now we go to the part of the show where we give our recommendations. Okay. so Good we'll transition, transition okay. Peg.
2: We'll edit <laughs> the out, and it will sound like you did that, Peg. So why no, don't you I don't, say that? You
3: don't want to edit you out because the whole thing is an argument. So you should be...
2: Yeah, you should argue, argue
0: about transitions. It's no, important. Just so like we're that. clear
2: about this, John and I had this significant conversation via text about this episode where John and I were going to try to be as quiet as possible. So I have tried to be pretty quiet. So I you
3: have been, that's why you need to talk now, but that's (laughs) dumb. I shouldn't
2: plot. When we do the recommendations, I'm going to go last because I have extra
0: recommendations to make this. Well, there's a reason why we wanted to be quiet, Jim. I mean, it's just in, in the era of Me Too. If
2: we had the same conversation, it would be kind of
0: creepy. That's why. Well, it wouldn't be creepy. Well, let yes. me just say this. It would
2: be creepy. Yes. yes. No,
0: no, I agree. But let me say this. Being in, a, being, among, being in public and talking in a way about one's body and what one does with one's body in a way that makes other people uncomfortable is something I've been dealing with my whole life. So I know women definitely, 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 definitely experience that, mm-hmm. and that's the only point of commonality I have with vagina. <laughs> that's it. That's it. <laughs> I
2: got nothing else. <laughs> As I said to you yesterday, you were the antipode here to the yeah. uh, conversation. All right, Janine, what is your recommendation
0: for? So I did well, not tell Janine. So let's Janine, okay. hold on. No,
2: no, no. I will explain it then, so you don't screw it up. At the end of each podcast. We and our guests make a recommendation. It can be a book. It can be a movie. It can be a TV show or it could be something more general. For example, Peg on our last podcast recommended people either take a nap or work out during the middle of the work day. So it can be something like that, or it can be a book, or it can be a TV show, or it could be a movie, or it could be a podcast, or whatever. Um, John was supposed, of course, tell you about this in advance so you had time to prepare. So if you would like a few seconds to think about it, we could start with John, since he's the offender who forgot to tell you what to do.
4: (laughs) I think that's a good idea because I don't read books, and I wrote on my to-do list uh, for this year to read one.
2: Okay, it doesn't have to be a book. It can be a movie. It can okay, be a TV right. show. It could be something just more general life advice. But let's have
0: John go first. Well, my mine's easy. Mine actually is something that Peggy and Shelly introduced me to, which is the app Marco Polo, which is basically Snapchat <laughs> Dang, for old people. I was going to use that one. <laughs> we all <laughs> it's, We it's, all basically, it's, it's basically Snapchat for old yeah. people is how I'm going to use it. you <laughs> didn't use
2: this as a recommendation before, you did talk Talk about it extensively on a recent podcast.
0: So yeah, but. I know, but that doesn't count because we're actually, we actually, Jeanine, just to let I'm you just know, I don't Jim think think actually you need to transcribes them. these recommendations and they are published. So yeah. just letting you know, there's a there's a transcript of all the recommendations right. we've made since Among, we started again, the podcast, and
2: again, it's published in the sense that the. Of the 12 people that listen to the podcast, the three of them who read our website would have access to it, yes. Got it. Okay. Shelly, Peggy.
3: I'm, I'm going to go, and I'm just going to say I don't have one, because since the last time we did- <laughs> No, no,
0: no, no, no. That's not allowed. <laughs> That's not That's yeah. The <laughs> definition Peg. of not right. That's we just had a podcast,
3: night. and I, don't, I haven't read anything. I haven't really watched anything that great. I was going to say Marco Polo and how it's connected me to people, but John took it. so. Well, Peg- I,
2: yeah. Can I just say Come Marco
3: on. Polo also? No.
2: Well, we have had people make the same recommendation, but not in the same podcast. Yeah, so that that was so literally low.
3: going to be my recommendation. I mean, I, I, I have
1: not
4: finished my book, and it's not That's that why great. We let I haven't Peg watched go any first, great shows.
2: That way she can't say oh, someone's wrong. how stole about that book,
4: Peg? The book that you read that made you all hot. Yes. Yeah, oh! one? I would not recommend it. No, I wouldn't recommend it. No, it was it bad.
2: It, was,
3: it It did the job. It was a dumb book.
0: Did the job. because no, it's
3: not a good book.
0: What's it called?
3: I don't know. A Lover or a Loser or something like that? <laughs> is that <laughs> it?
2: Peg one time described, I'm reading a novel, but I can't remember the name of it. So
3: that happens a lot. The one I'm reading right now is called Trajectory by Richard Russo, and I wouldn't recommend it.
2: Okay. That's good. Good that you're discriminating. Shelly, Shelley, do you also want to recommend Marco Polo while we're on the subject? Can we go for all three of you recommending Marco Polo?
1: No. When John recommended it, I went to my other ideas that I had. Uh, okay. So I would recommend um, anybody uh, – this is going to sound crazy, but just ask for help. Um, and it sounds kind of stupid, but I today – had my neighbor in my house helping me um, do some handyman work stuff that I wanted to do, couldn't, knew I couldn't do, was going to try to do, but he's retired. He wants to keep active and he knows how to do it right. So I finally reached out and asked for help and he's done an amazing job. And at the same time that he was here, my sister came over and helped pot my plants because I have a pinched nerve and can't bend over. And so is this
0: the guy with the cool model plane?
1: Yep. Yep. Don. Yep,
0: He was referred to in an earlier podcast.
1: Yes. My flying adventure. Called Shelly Flies a Plane
0: I believe was the name of the episode.
1: Uh, Yes. Yeah. So I am one to not ask for help and it made me realize that I need to do that more often. That's so
3: true. She's she's like so fiercely independent.
1: Yes. Finally.
0: (laughs) And that's the opposite of Peggy.
2: <laughs> janine are you ready to give a recommendation?
4: I know, I was thinking about like my I'm obsessed with uh arugula. Arugula. Is it arugula? Is that pepper? Pepper yeah. Yes, was- yeah, Yes, it's yeah. so good. Arugula yeah, or rock- so, it's also called rocket
0: in the UK. Uh-huh. uh-huh. It's called okay,
4: rocket. Okay. So all of a, I'm very I'm obsessed with sliced tomato, sliced avocado, arugula olive oil dabbled and then this uh spice called sumac and sumac
0: how's that spelled? yeah
4: spice Mm. s-u-m-a-c remember you guys you and peggy i told you guys about the sumac spice with the lemon um, i do dressing Uh uh-huh so Uh. it's um i guess it's
2: arugula uh, what and sumac i'm sorry what is it you said three things right Well,
4: right. But there's two parts here. So the one part is just me just doing tomato, avocado, olive oil, arugula, and sumac or just salt. And then there's a salad that you can do arugula with cabbage and lemon and olive oil and the sumac. So it's a spice. Um, I guess it's a – is it um, not Indian? What –
0: well, I started looking it up. It's in East Asia, Africa, and North America, so it looks like just everywhere. So I don't think it's going to be very useful. What does it taste like? Is it salty?
4: No, it's. I can't explain it. It's something.
2: Tastes
0: like suman. I can't
4: explain it. It's ex. It's All right, I'm excellent. To... It's excellent. Right, you just suman. need a little dabble. will do ya. But a little olive oil, lemon, and then just slowly just drizzle it over. And it just has a taste that I've never had before. And it's kind of become my my go-to to kind of add something to something. But yeah, I think during this uh, pandemic, I am learning and uh, trying to open up my mind to different things and to cook things different. And
1: you've been doing a lot of cooking. You've shared... Yes. Or at least you've shared a lot I more am, than you have in the past.
4: Yes, I am doing a lot more cooking and I've become a zucchini eater. I never liked zucchini and I love zucchini. Uh, yeah, so I and I'm loving the zucchini ribbons. Um What's that? and then I'm in like when you shred the zucchini with a um a vegetable peeler. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Ah. Uh, and so you take a vegetable peeler and you just run it right down and then it makes ribbons. Uh, and then you can kind of put that in your in your pasta, or the in outside your of the
0: zucchini, or the inside of the zucchini. Keep
1: going, the whole just zucchini. zucchini. Just,
4: just the whole zucchini of like instead
1: of pasta.
0: It's instead oh, cool. of pasta,
1: but you don't or get you the seeds. So you stop.
4: You stop when you get to the seed part. Right. Yum. Um, yeah. So you can do that. Or that zucchini make or that zucchini thing that, that makes pasta. I ha- actually have that in my Amazon box to order. <laughs> but and here yeah. I thought so you were going to say you were
3: recommending looking at your vagina
4: i uh, i day. do i <laughs> I will say I do recommend that um and I think it's really important to be uh in one with your
2: vagina the yeah.
4: oh the vegetti <laughs> the vegetti the vagina the vegetti spiral vegetable cutter makes veggie pasta <laughs> and I love my vagina. <laughs> Was that a
1: good ending to this? uh, I love it. It was perfect ending. You were an awesome guest, Janine. Thank you. We're not
2: done because I have to make a bunch of recommendations. I'm sorry. I mean, sorry. To make up for the (laughs) fact that I haven't talked as much as I normally do, I'm now going to talk for like ever because I have been rereading the book "The Great Influenza" by John M. Barry, which is the definitive account of the 1918 pandemic. And it's a compelling read and it it was originally published in 2004 and there's a 2018 afterward and there's obviously a lot of things that can be drawn for that. But it also uh, led me to, in addition to recommending that, uh, a friend of mine had recently asked for some recommendations for nonfiction books. So there's a bunch of nonfiction books, some of which have been mentioned, but some of which haven't been, which I wanted to put as recommendations. So, I'm just going to, in addition to The Great Influenza, I'm going to mention them. There's the Emperor, the Emperor of All Maladies, which I've mentioned before by Fantastic Siddhartha book. Mukherjee, book. which is uh, basically a history of cancer. Another book that John and I have talked about on the podcast, Pictures at a Revolution by Mark Harris, Fantastic. which is a a brilliant account of the movie year 1967 when the new Hollywood and the old Hollywood passed each other in the night. A great book that John and I have talked about many, many times called "Postwar" by Tony Jute, uh, yep. which is a history of Europe from after the end of World War II up through the early, the beginning of the 21st century. <laughs> Case Closed by Gerald Posner, which is the definitive account of the JFK assassination, in which he methodically puts to rest all these inane conspiracy theories that have been advanced by people either through ignorance or venality or both. About what? The JFK assassination.
0: Sorry, I missed the intro.
2: Okay. Den of Thieves by James Stewart, which is a. Brilliantly written, almost novelistic account of the 1980s Wall Street scandals involving Michael Milken and Ivan Boski. And I know that people have some sense of what went on, but if you really want to understand what happened during that decade of greed and what criminal activity was actually going on. That's the book to read, but it reads like a novel. There's a book called Vietnam by Stanley Carnell, which is the definitive account of the Vietnam War. There have been a lot of great books, both fiction and nonfiction, written about the Vietnam War. But this is the definitive account that covers the entirety of the war, and even covers the history of Vietnam prior to anybody in the West being involved with it to give it the proper perspective. There's a book called The Affair by Jean-Denis Breeden, which again is a definitive account in this time of the Dreyfus Affair, which a lot of people have heard of Dreyfus. Some people may even know the outlines of the story, but this is covers the entire story of what happened. and. Part of this book, I don't know if John's ever read this book, but the reason no, John would like this book a lot is that it not only covers the story, but it shows how Dreyfus, the the man and Dreyfus, the case, became a football for political and social and cultural movements that were going on in France at that time. There's another book called Perjury by Alan Weinstein, which is, again, a definitive account, this of the Alger Hiss case. And again, I know some people may think they know that name or hear that name, but it, demonstrates that despite what many on the left held for many years to be true, Alger Hiss was in fact a spy for the Soviets against the United States. And even though his enemies were bad people like Richard Nixon and so forth, it doesn't mean he was innocent. And finally, I couldn't leave this off the list. One of the great books of all time and the band played on by Randy Schultz. And the band played on was published in 1987, was written during the heart of the AIDS crisis about the AIDS crisis by Randy Schultz. Randy Schultz was the first openly gay reporter on the San Francisco Chronicle and possibly, although it's hard to verify this, the first openly gay uh, reporter on any mainstream uh, publication in the United States. And he wrote a book, that reports the, the AIDS crisis virtually as it was happening and holds up very well and is a compelling, powerful, heartbreaking account of the crisis. And of course, Randy Schultz himself tragically died as a result of AIDS several years later. But uh, those are 10 books. Ten non-fiction books I recommend.
0: I've been asking about and the band played on. And the band played on came up a, well, last week with a friend. How many? This is a dumb question. How many people have died from COVID compared to AIDS? More people have died from AIDS. Way more people have died from. That's. AIDS. What, I mean, like what? Like I like that. But we it, talked it, last time not, about comparing like the size of at, things,
2: but not at the same, not in with such a speed of yeah, not, right. such yeah, a yeah, short yeah. period of time. Yeah. That's yeah. what your question is.
0: Yeah, I guess. I'm just, I'm just you know, just trying to put it in perspective.
2: The AIDS virus, like a lot of viruses that are more often to a greater degree fatal than COVID, because we know a lot of people get COVID and don't die from it. Uh, the AIDS virus is more difficult to transmit than COVID is but it's much more deadly. But, of course, it's less deadly yeah, than it used to be, and that's good news, but it's yeah. still a bad time.
4: Um, Are you guys surprised that I was comfortable in this conversation?
0: Not at all. I wasn't. I don't know why. Janine, you're, you're comfortable in every conversation I've been in with you. Peggy, okay. now you should say goodbye.
3: Okay. Well, thanks, everybody. That's our podcast. See you in a... For cat,
2: uh, <laughs> Fortnite, not even trying, Peg. not cow, even but... trying, Peg. Um, <laughs> I don't know where Peg, you can follow I'm us. Telling us where they should, where they should listen to us, and what they're doing. One thing,
0: as you're doing this, Peg, as you're thinking about this, I today went on Spotify. We're actually on Spotify, and you can tell your smart player, or if you have Spotify, you can say, you can say, "Hey Siri," or "Hey Alexa," or "Hey Google," you know, play in search of an argument on Spotify and it'll just start playing the most recent episodes but on Spotify we look great it like lays out the episodes you guys should look at it cuz it makes it makes us look so great but anyway oh. you should uh you should take a look we're on we're on Spotify so you can hear us there
2: We're on everywhere. We're on Stitcher. We're on Google Play. We're on podcasts, right?
0: Which is it's now becoming Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Yeah, Yeah. everywhere. Stitcher, Overcast. Well, thank you for asking me.
2: And still, very few people. We love
0: having you on, Janine. We want you to come back, and we're gonna and 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 we can we can go in whatever direction you want to go in. Because to be honest, I am the thing that I'm going to take away from this is that I your your work is freaking fascinating to me. I'm blown away by what what's going on with that with with, with your work. It's it's really unbelievable.
2: We from time yep, to time do quiz episodes. So when we do one about parts of the body, we'll definitely invite you on for that one.
1: <laughs> parts of the body that begin with a
4: V. <laughs> yeah.
2: Vulva. That's a limited category there. <laughs> yes, exactly. You will win every time, Genie. The arm. <laughs>
4: The next the, time uh, this the next time on yeah, this podcast, do, good, the man. vulva. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, and we'll learn Isn't what, what titers mean Sweden? next time too.
2: <laughs> Alright, we're ready to go, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right
0: bye.
1: Bye. bye.